NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on. Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. Welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick. We're recording in the second quarter of Sunday Night Football. Looks like Zach Wilson just stacked Prescotted and stepped out as he was diving for the pylon. We'll see, still waiting on the brawling. Uh, but today we're going to talk about uh, all of the Sunday slate. We're going to talk about Week 11 openers and then Broncos Bills on Monday Night Football. So, Drew, what was your big takeaway from Sunday? Do we have to talk about the Sunday? We never could that. <laughs> no, it was not good for me. Uh, this was I've I've done a decent job of avoiding just the just the like the complete washout weekends, you know, where everything uh, that you uh, think you have a good read on tends to go against you on top of the fact that the ball bounces against you when you are correct. Uh, but that was the deal for me today. Um, absolutely getting cleaned right now um through you know through this portion of the slate and uh it'll shock no one to learn i had raiders money line at an impossibly good price but uh yeah that doesn't look so good right now um yeah it uh it was a bad one for me and uh you know it, it's it, it's uh it's a long season um i've had a lot of luck this year so i can't be that upset but uh it's really tilting when you get to the afternoon slate and you just need a couple of luck you know a couple of lucky bounces and the seahawks give up maybe the softest touchdown i've seen all season uh up seven points and just an absolute broken play no pressure whatsoever on sam howell and uh diami brown just scampers into the end zone and blows that cover uh a lot of backdoor covers across the nfl today and some backdoor wins um the afc north uh, not as clear a picture as i thought it was gonna be uh this looked like it was gonna be Bengals ravens sprinting to the finish line jay and now the Browns and Steelers win today. Bengals and Ravens lose. The Ravens-Steelers game was a really, really, really tough one to wrap my head around. Um, I think that under under my uh, you know play on the Ravens of that game was you know just not expecting that it was just kind of assuming that uh, Deshaun Watson uh, you know is still not right. I didn't really see anything that challenged that. It's just almost that the running attack from the Browns was the deciding factor in this one. Ravens just uncharacteristically sloppy on defense. And then the pick six uh, to, you know, to go from a 14 point lead uh, in the fourth quarter to losing that game is, uh, is really a tough, tough one to swallow for the Ravens who 
you know, looked like the better team for so much of that game. Uh, ultimately, uh, that makes the rest of the season more interesting. But uh, outside of that game and some of the weird fluky finishes that we had across the league, it was a bad day of football, man. Yeah, it uh, it wasn't great. I think it was redeemed a little bit by Chargers-Lions, but again, even that felt kind of icky because there was no defense played at all. It felt like a Pac-12 game. But I do think that... And firstly, uh, looks like the Jets have just had two touchdowns called back, so maybe your luck is turning, Drew. Um, <laughs> everyone will know by the time they listen to this where the Raiders' <laughs> money line is cash. But on your point about the AFC North, I think that was the big thing today well two big things one the AFC North and then the second thing is San Francisco uh, I think reasserting themselves as the best team in in football and they may not deserve the shortest Super Bowl odds just by virtue of the fact that they're two games behind Philadelphia for the one seed and teams like the Chiefs which are of comparable quality have a cleaner path to their own one seed but I think neutral venue San Francisco now they have Trent Williams and Debo Samuel back uh, now that Brock Purdy, who has just been completely dismissed from the MVP race despite lapping the league in EPA and QBR and passer rating on an uh, outstanding team, uh, the fact that he looked right as well, I think that was key. But let's talk more about uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati. And uh, With Baltimore, I mean, that's a horrific loss to yeah. not just because, you know, you're six, six and a half point favorites, but the fact that they get gifted a freakish pick six on almost the first play of the game. So he's starting up 7 nothing, uh, And then they'll also get the muffed punt at the 12. And they'll also have Cleveland miss an extra point. Cleveland just repeatedly shot themselves in the foot in this game. And at one point, I think Baltimore got into like minus 8,000 on the money line when they're up 14 in the fourth quarter and Cleveland's pinned back. Uh, so I think there were... Two schools of thoughts on the Ravens coming into this. One is that they were just an absolute juggernaut and the best team in football uh, coming off their massive wins. And the other was that, well, they had they had two really good games, one against Detroit and one against Seattle. No. And I don't think Seattle are very good. I think Detroit is good, and that was an impressive win. But this was also a Ravens team that lost to Kenny Pickett, that mm-hmm. lost to Gardner Minshew and the Colts. And so maybe they're somewhere in between. So... Uh, I think that's compelling. And then also Cincinnati, their defense just isn't very good, I don't think. Uh, I think it's middle of the pack and well coached. Uh, but the fact that CJ Stroud, uh, without Nico Collins, did whatever he wanted for large chunks of that game. And it wasn't his best game, but still, he moved the ball. He did what he wanted. Uh, I thought those were the main things out of today. But what did you see from the Bengals? Yeah, that was... Um... That was their least impressive defensive performance of the season. Uh, Lou Anaruma usually has been pretty darn good at scheming up his guys, even if they are clearly deficient in talent. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the it was it was uh, it was not uh, not ideal when you win the turnover battle three two and you force a rookie quarterback to three mistakes. Uh, C.J. Stroud with uh, two fumbles and a pick. <clears throat> Uh, usually that sets you up well if you're uh, an experienced team and incumbent, the the favorite at home, and uh, to still uh, you know be able you know to to be at a deficit throughout most of this game was pretty shocking, and then to give up the game winning drive uh, after you know you drive the field, uh, drop the uh, the go ahead touchdown, 
kick, elect to kick the field goal, which I didn't entirely understand. I mean, I guess fourth and goal from the 13, it's, it's a, I guess you don't really have a choice, but um, it was strange to see uh, the Bengals uh, from first and goal at the seven move backwards, kick the field goal, and then just completely lay down and give up a 55 yard drive in a minute 33 to CJ Stroud. Um, so yeah, the warning sign is very, very, very live about that defense and about their ability to stop the uh, the pass. And um, yeah, I mean, CJ Stroud continues his uh, pretty amazing campaign. And I guess combine that with the result in Jacksonville and maybe we have to kind of revisit the idea that the AFC South is a done deal, which doesn't make me feel great. Uh, add that to the list of, um, you know, kind of potential disasters from today, week 10 or week nine. Um, so week 10. Right. This is week ten. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how that's how bad I'm spinning right now. I, I just I, I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around where we are. And uh, yeah, the uh, the Jags are six and three. The Texans are five and four. That is not a done deal because the Texans have the one win head to head. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think everyone would circle. Um, you know, the the second meeting between those two teams as uh, you know one of the more impactful and you know important matchups in the AFC playoff fabric worth noting that uh the big winner of today pretty clearly Pat Mahomes well yeah we'll get into all the awards repercussions but certainly the chaos of I mean Burrow's done I can't hear any more about Joe Burrow MVP he's five and four and his stats suck across the whole season because it's not his fault but he was injured for six weeks and he was bad uh so he's done for mine uh almost put a line through him unless he runs the slate basically Lamar who always had kind of a fake case that was relying on all these weird subjective factors that weren't really real Mm -hmm. but people just like Lamar and they liked that his team was dominant but I mean I Lamar has worse EPA per play this year than Baker Mayfield I believe uh so that's a problem and look Lamar can get back into it he's still a top three favorite but that award now uh, it is going to be a very high leverage Monday night football game next week between the three mm-hmm. Chiefs and the Eagles because I think the winner of that game uh, is is your likely MVP. And it's not going to be as clean cut as that. If Hurts wins, I don't think he's favorite against the field, but I do think he will be favorite. He'll have Bills, Niners, and Cowboys as his three games after the Chiefs. So, you know, you go one and two in those and he's screwed again, but he'll be in pretty good position. And if Mahomes wins that game, then his schedule gets very soft after that. It's like Raiders, Packers, he's got Patriots games, got another Raiders game. I mean, Zach Wilson is carving these guys up as we speak. So I think Mahomes, he'll be in very good position to win MVP. We'll talk about other coach, uh, other awards stuff like Coach of the Year. I think Dan Campbell now is uh, his last three games are Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. I think if he goes two and one in those games, given how easy the rest of his schedule is, he will he should walk in coach of the year. But still a lot of water to go uh, under the bridge there. And uh, your man, Mike Tomlin, and my man, Kevin O'Connell, uh, had, had good days on that front. So certainly yeah, we're going to celebrate a second and third place yeah. coach of the year again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, we'll here see. we go. Here good we go. Thing. Just like last year. The good um, thing about Kevin O'Connell is that he can he can take out the man himself. Uh, if he beats true. him at home in week 16 and then Campbell gets blown out in Dallas the week after, then it'll be pretty tough to vote for him. But Lions will be favored in that game in Minnesota, uh, yeah. I suspect. Uh, 
any other takeaways before we move on to the? I, I guess just in general, like I thought we had a pretty good read on who the good defenses were, who the good ta- tackling units were. Uh, seeing the Bengals give up 200 yards in the ground, seeing the Ravens give up 200 yards in the ground, like that has me that has me questioning everything. <laughs> like I just I don't understand. Uh, uh, and you know I think um, you know the the good good on you. Your uh, your best bet of the uh, Steelers comes through. Um, there were. I think there were two. I think there, there were two quarterbacks today who finished their, you know, their their Sundays pick pick. It was Jameis Winston and Jordan Love, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, a lot of similarities between those two men. Yeah, listen, this someone who is uh, is very invested in Kevin O'Connell. I watched a lot of that Saints Vikings game. I don't think either of those teams are very good, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I don't Dude. think. They're really going to make uh, make much noise, though. Falcons lost, so Saints still right right in the box seat for the NFC South, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I think the only, I mean, I think it's Cleveland's defense is still very, very good despite the injuries that they're dealing with now. I think San Francisco's defense might end up being the best defense of all by the end of it. Now they had Chase Young and seemed to to fix themselves uh, against the Jags, but uh, plenty of time to talk about the Niners. Uh, for now, though, Drew, before we get to the Week 11 openers, Sunday Night Football is headed to Altitude this week, my old home, when the Vikings travel to Denver for a battle with Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Coverage of the interconference matchup begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, <laughs> only on NBC and Peacock. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Well, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. It's Jean foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last crunch berry. No! No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. At the theater, more than the movies come to life. Movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Russell Wilson in prime time. Uh, <laughs> Do we have to? Interesting call by God. Uh, <laughs> that spot twice in six days, but Broncos is playing a bit more competent ball. Uh, listen, if Kevin O'Connell wins that and Jefferson back, then I think maybe Dan Campbell might have some real competition. But anyway, we'll talk about that game in due course. Week 11 openers, did anything uh, leap off the page to you here? Well, there's a couple of really high leverage games that are interesting for sure that I, and we got to start with probably Cincinnati, Baltimore. Um, You know, this opening on the other side of three, it's Baltimore minus four, if you haven't looked. It's trending towards four and a half. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I don't get get it either. Almost three point favorites against the Bills a week ago. Uh, Yeah, this this makes 0.0 sense to me. This is Bengals or pass. Um, Did Burrow get hurt in the end stage of this game and I missed it somehow? I I obviously have to rewatch that game because at one point I just flipped it off out of anger. Um, (laughs) But uh, I, I... 
am kind of shocked because there's nothing that the Ravens offense has shown you really at all this year other than, you know, big rushing effort against uh, the Seahawks, big passing effort against the Lions. Hey, the Lions defense stinks. <laughs> we know that now. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know that you can take any of that away from, uh, you know, anything out of those and just assume that they're going to be outstanding and efficient here. So on a short week uh, and Baltimore really not, uh, you know, kind of living up to what we expected defensively. I, I, I don't understand why that has moved to the other side of three. I thought that was going to open three, maybe three and a half, but to see it forward trending four and a half is weird. Weird, weird, weird. Um, Pittsburgh probably gets bet at four because Cleveland certainly was uninspiring today in in victory. Um, I don't think that uh, you know everything is solved for Pittsburgh offensively. Certainly, they still have a long way to go to get uh, to the upper reaches, but at least they're well coached, and uh, you got to like the way they match up against Cleveland uh, every time they've played in the last handful of uh, years. So. Pittsburgh probably is a is a decent look. Arizona, interestingly, has not been adjusted aggressively, even in the uh, you know with the return of Kyler Murray. We didn't mention him in the reactions to today's action because did anyone watch Cardinals Falcons? It, it was an exciting game. It came oh, down to the end. Desmond Ritter's back, uh, but Kyler Murray, you know, he he, he played like Kyler Murray that we know. Um, and it's surprising to see that he is a five and a half point dog on the road at Houston. Uh, I do not do not think that the uh, adjustments have been, you know, have been measured and correct on Houston. Like at this point, this has got to be a sell high for those guys. Um, and, uh, you know, there's some other absolutely absurd games like, yeah, I mean, Chargers, Green Bay, can we relegate one of these teams so we don't have to watch them anymore? That would be perfectly fine with me. Um, you know, I think Detroit getting 10 points against Chicago is amazing. Um, I think uh, uh, San Francisco laying 10.5 against Tampa Bay feels right. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of intrigued by this uh, Philadelphia, Kansas City market as we go through the week to see if it gets to three because I think it should be three. Okay. Well, I hope you're right, Drew. So I'm going to need the Chiefs like no man in America. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, to, to me, a lot of these stand out as being uh, wrong. Uh, okay. Cardinals, Cardinals shouldn't be – I don't think they should be five-and-a-half-point dogs against the Texans. No, that uh, number should be inside three, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it should certainly be closer to three. Uh, I think that the Cowboys should, frankly, be bigger than 10-point favorites against the Panthers. I think the Niners should be bigger than 10.5-point favorites against the Bucks. I think even with what Minnesota showed today, I think the Broncos should probably be bigger than minus 1.5 against the Vikings, um, just given the way that they've been playing lately. I think that defense is... All of the numbers around Denver are so skewed by Devin Achan and Raheem Mostert running for you know 7,000 yards uh, against them. I think they're better uh, at this point. And then also we'll see what happens to the Jets line uh, at the conclusion of this game. But Bill's only minus six and a half home to Zach Wilson. That seems a little low to me as well. So I think uh, there's there's more more here than, than usual, but certainly the two main ones to watch are Bengals, Ravens and Eagles, Chiefs. Bengals, Ravens, to be fair, a little less consequential because we could have had you know, MVP uh, stuff on the line in that yeah. game. Now there's not really, it's more Burroughs go on the mark yeah. and win that game to get right back into it. But yeah. you know, he's not a top two favorite now, I would have thought. 
Yeah, we've gone from an MVP showcase to who's going to finish second to the mighty Steelers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I I don't think the Steelers are. Uh, I don't be. either, but they can. They're just keep. They keep compiling wins, Jay. I'm going to bet him uh, again this week. This is an absurd line. Like this should be absolutely be inside three. The Browns are not four points better. No, I mean you know, it's two. It's two, two and a half, depending on how you want to give them home field, I guess. But um, I don't know, yeah. man. They lose Quan Alexander to an Achilles. Maybe he's a key part of that defense. But uh, so you think if uh, Fitzpatrick comes back as well, yeah. you think he yeah. probably would. Uh, given his reports from this week. But I do think with Cleveland, the one thing is that I know he didn't look great and he threw a ridiculous pick six, but I thought Deshaun looked more athletic and healthy than he has for most of this season. Just with, I mean, he, he made key plays with his legs. He was zipping in passes. There was one, I think, uh, a second and 15 late where he just zipped in a pass to make it third and one and manageable. Uh, I thought that he... Look, he still makes mind-numbing decisions at times, but athletically, I thought that... And he's throwing deep balls as well, even if they weren't connecting, they looked right. I thought that that was encouraging for Cleveland because he, to me, looked a lot more like the guy who destroyed the Titans back in week three or four, whenever that was, um, yeah. than he did the guy who looked you know, completely broken at times against teams like the Steelers. Yeah. Did uh, I mean, you know, Miles Garrett got onto the stat sheet today. Did you see Roquan Smith had 21 tackles today? If they just win that game and play good defense, <laughs> it's like he really is in the discussion for DPOI. And I don't think it's going to happen now because of how uh, lackluster that team was in stopping the run. But uh, did, uh, did the DPOI uh, race come into focus at, at all for you with what you saw? I think it's Garrett pick against the field. At this point, the fact that they had that type of game. Now, he, he I'm not sure if he really gets screwed by this. I think people are smarter than this at this point. But, like, it doesn't look great that they gave up 31. But seven of it was on a pick six to the short. And another seven was on a yeah. muff punt. Right. So, like, it was a, a very good defensive performance against the MVP favorite. Uh, at yeah. least the guy who was finishing first on all the MVP midseason columns. So mm-hmm. I think that was it. And also, like, he made key plays down the stretch. He had one and a half sacks. They won the game in Baltimore. To, and they have such an easy schedule remaining now that they are, you know, heavy favorites to make the playoffs. Watt had one sack. I'm not sure Parsons registered a stat today. Did he play? <laughs> I didn't watch that game, more. so I can't tell you. He's playing more, like, his traditional kind of year one linebacker role at the, for stretches. So I don't know what's going on there, but he certainly lost ground. So I ultimately think it's just going to be Garrett Parsons or what. And I think Garrett um, made up a fair bit of ground or created a larger lead against those guys uh, today. Okay. And he, he was the incumbent leader. And I think he just expanded that lead. Okay. We'll anyway. see if Crosby can do something, hopefully, to save this game. <laughs> Yeah, well, it would uh, enliven my prediction that Crosby will get to like eight to one after he sacks Zach Wilson three times, and then be back out to thirty to one after the Dolphins and Chiefs light these guys up because this is the best Zach Wilson has looked since the last time he won that football. Uh, yeah, moving the, bill, moving the ball at will. All right, uh, before we get to Broncos Bills, a reminder that Bet the Edge isn't the only show every weekday during the NFL season. You can also check out the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Rot, Matthew Barry, Connor Rogers, and myself. It airs live on Peacock at noon, re-airs at 4 p.m. Eastern, and is available on our NFL and NBC Sports YouTube channel, as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
How about Captain Crunch's Crunchberries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Lefoot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunchberry. No. No one steals my Crunchberries. I think you mean my Crunchberries. Choose your own Crunch venture with Captain Crunch. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Bills minus seven, home to the Broncos. Uh, Bills lose this game. They'll have the same record as the Indianapolis Colts uh, at mm. five, five, stunningly. The total is 47 and a half. Uh, this line was higher uh, at a point and is now down to seven. Mm. Mike Hyde is out. Dubai Hamlin's still minus 105 to win comeback player of the year. I think he's going to play, uh, given that Hyde and Benford are both out, may even play some defensive snaps. Uh, what do you think of this game? Uh, well, considering I've lost everything I bet this week except for Lions, uh, minus two and a half, by the way, if you got it in late, you pushed. Um, so, yeah, you could have tailed all of my action that we talked about on these shows and be oh nine and one or something like that. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's horrific. Um, I bet the Broncos <laughs> seven and a half. Mark is with me. Yeah. So I think if you're listening to this now, uh, find some alt spreads on the bills and uh, go to town because <laughs> <laughs> that's out of the way my week is going. Um, but the handicap is straightforward. The bills defense is still an absolute disaster and now you are adding more important pieces who are going to be unavailable and that has to matter uh denver's uh coming off of um you know i I think a pretty impressive win and a bye and then uh you know they are as healthy as they have been all season defensively and i think that definitely should matter here i think there are still questions about exactly who the bills want to be offensively um some of the injuries particularly to the you know to dawson knox is kind of of upset a little bit of what they were trying to do in terms of, you know, kind of changing the, uh, the looks that they were giving you. So they would be less predictable. Well, they've taxed back into, okay, well, let's just, uh, you know, be 11 personnel, throw, 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 uh, a little bit of design run for, um, Josh Allen, but not anything close to what we've seen when they've been their best. And your point's fair. Like if the bills lose, they are tied with the, the Colts, but you know what else? The bills that were 13 seconds away from, going to the AFC championship game against the chiefs. They started seven and six. So it's, you know, the bills, I think like, you know, the, the guys, you know, the, the, in the locker room, are they panicking? Are they pressing? Probably not. I think they just want to get a win here. And uh, ultimately I, I don't see them matching up, especially well against the Denver team. That's at full strength now defensively. So um, I think this is going to be a closely contested game. I think, Bills ultimately will win, but I think it'll be close. And I, uh, I took the seven and a half points with Denver, hoping that uh, we land inside one score. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I think with the Broncos now, they've like, I'm not convinced the Steelers are better than the Broncos. I think those are like the almost the same level of team at this point where the Broncos now, I mean, it's a solid enough offensive Gee. line. Ross has been a perfectly average middle of the pack quarterback. 
And in Sutton, Judy and Mims, they have okay. And Javante Williams, they have okay weapons. So it's an okay offense. And then on defense with Sertan and Simmons uh, in the secondary and they're getting it past my man, Baron Browning, provides an excellent pass rush uh, when he's out there. So I think it's just a solid team at this point. And the Bills, uh, obviously their, their offense is significantly better. Not sure the defense is materially better than the Broncos at this point, the way that they've been playing, and also with the injuries that they have now, not just missing White and Milano and Daquan Jones, the guys who are out long term, but also now missing Micah Hyde and Christian Benford as well, who was effectively their second, second, third cornerback. And now he's going to be out and mm-hmm. uh, relying heavily on Rasul Douglas and Dane Jackson. If either of those guys go down, then they're in big trouble. Uh, so I think that the Bills will win this game, but I would prefer to be on uh, Denver plus seven. One thing also with the MVP chat, one thing I think that today did and an underrated thing is that it kind of brings Josh Allen a little bit back into the fray because his stats quietly um, are elite. Like he is, I would say, a lot of people who are analytics focused uh, and don't care as much about team record, which I don't really think you should, but everyone does. They would say that Josh Allen is the MVP today when you look at his numbers in terms of EPA per play and QBR. Uh, so it's just that his team has such a stench at the moment. But if he wins, all of a sudden, six and four, Zach Wilson next week, likely seven and four. Uh, they have a brutal schedule after that, to be fair. But the thing about like with these awards, like stench, stench goes away when you have a big win. Like Brock Purdy sure. has a stench right now. Brock Purdy beats Philadelphia in Philadelphia in two or three weeks whenever they play. All of a sudden, all the vibes are back and he's just lapping the field in every stat. So I would always fade that kind of arbitrary snapshot in time sentiment. We're, yeah. Yeah. We're back in the Brock Purdy MVP discussion, surely. Uh, if you're, Your commentary about Josh Allen is, I think, spot on. But same for, Josh, for Brock Purdy. I mean, he's he had uh, – did he have the most total EPA? Today, generated by any point, quarterback? He used 0.5 EPA per play off the top of my head. So, yeah, I'm guessing yeah, that. Yeah, 0.5. 15, 15 EPA more. added. He was already leading. Uh, so, it's going to take a heroic effort for Allen to catch him. Um, and, you know, with with uh, Mahomes on by, he's cr- he's padding his lead. <laughs> like, this is crazy. Um, yeah, I, so I mean. Before today, uh, I made it 23 to 1 that the Niners would run the slate. And finish okay. fourteen and three, so that is you know becomes shorter now that they've won that as favourites. So, top of my head, I don't know, I can't remember what the money, but fourteen to one now, fifteen to one, that type of range, I would guess. So, I mean, if they do that and they end the season, by the way, on another, oh, it's not going to be quite ten games. It would be a nine-game winning streak after they ended last year on a ten-game winning streak. Then I think that Purdy would. Surely be live, even if people don't think that he's that as good as the other guys. The fact that, you know, he's been amazing this year outside of two stretches of play immediately after concussions. One proven concussion, one uh, I'm speculating that it sure looked like a concussion. Uh, So I I don't think he's dead by any means. I think he, and the odds do not reflect this. Right now, Purdy's odds are double what Joe Burrow's odds are. I'm sorry, I just can't have that. Brock Purdy is more likely to win MVP than Joe Burrow uh, at this yeah. point. I'm not sure Purdy's that much less likely than even Tua to win MVP, given that Tua also has question marks and his stats aren't as good and his team 
isn't as good as Purdy's. So uh, I think it's Mahomes and Hurts are now your tier one. Lamar might be tier two by himself. And then it's Allen and Purdy and Tua. Uh, and I think that – and Dak Prescott as well, by the way. Dak Prescott not to be written off. I don't think Lamar's tier two. Well, he shouldn't be, but everyone loves Lamar, and his team is still really, really good. He got he got the honorary midseason MVP, which means he's now d- done, done. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we gave him the uh, the the imaginary one. So, uh, to be yeah. fair, um, today Kate, he Lamar threw a like a hundredth percentile beautiful deep ball flick of the wrist to Keaton Mitchell. Yeah. Hits yeah. Keaton Mitchell on the chest in the end zone and just bounces off. He just drops the pass. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. and then there is another one going the opposite direction, deep down the right sideline. Lamar unleashes a bomb to, I want to say Zay Flowers may not have been, but it was wide open walk-in touchdown and Lamar just missed the throw. Now that one was on him. But if he connects with those two passes, oh. he's like plus 190 to win MVP in the market right now. And they've yeah, won but like instead that. it was the opposite. Everybody wrote him in as mid-season MVP and then he went out and lost as a favorite. So everybody right. now yeah. has egg on their face for saying that he was the mid-season MVP. So it's, it's over. I, well, I think the good thing about that, if you are a Lamar backer, and I do have some Lamar and I didn't feel good doing it, but um, I just thought that given the team uh, and uh, how everyone gives him a massive boost because they see him as the alpha omega of the offense. Meanwhile, he's probably got better weapons than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think that the, the good thing here is that like, he gets to wash away the stench in four days in a massive game okay. against the Bengals. He balls out in that game and they win. Oh, Lamar Jackson, he's all the way back. You forget about this and all of a sudden they're eight and three and in the mix for the one seed again uh, and so forth. But uh, yeah, we will see. Anything else on Bills, Broncos, or uh, the National Football League before we close out? No. Let's please salvage my <laughs> week. Please okay. salvage my week, Denver. Please. Yeah. You want to talk, talk Clippers? You want to talk anything else? <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's. Uh, we could. We could. Uh, we could delve into some uh, some franchises and some some more miserable uh, entities than the way I feel right now. Happily, yeah. <laughs> the Clippers, my oh, God. They'll wow. figure it out, but it's, wow. uh, it's, not, great. it's not great at the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Harden hit a big catch-and-shoot three today. It was uh, almost like looking into the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Really know the the Raiders are dropping uh, pick sixes as we speak, so I have no interest <laughs> No interest in, in anything right now. Okay. <laughs> it's All right. Well, we'll go to sleep. Uh, we'll wake up better, uh, <laughs> bounce back. But for, to, for now, don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those of you watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe. And also a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to amazon.com slash NBC Sports. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick, we'll see you tomorrow. about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast. Whoa, Dad, we're on. Crunch Island. <gasps> He's Jean foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. 
for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.